Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan. Now at 105.1 FM. So the big news locally, the Washington Wizards move Wes Unsell Jr. to the front office, have hired the assistant coach Keith to take over as the interim head coach, and then they will search for a permanent head coach in the offseason. I've sent a lot of people... Say the same thing I said on social media. Wes Unsell Jr. was not fired, but moved to the front office because of what his dad meant to this franchise. Wes Unsell Sr. played for the Wizards, coached for the Wizards, was a front office representative for a long time, and so Wes Unsell Jr. will move to the front office. And the Wizards will be in action once again tonight, hosting the Jazz at Capital One Arena. If you want to chime in, phone lines are open, 833 804 0910. Call AWOD 833 804 0910. UVA got a big win last night in overtime. We'll go to University Drive, talk all things college hoops in the state of Virginia in the 2 p.m. hour. Also, Zach Joaquim will join us in studio to talk a little VCU hoops. He's the VCU Athletics beat reporter at the Richmond Times Dispatch. I should let everybody know new episode, alert, alert, new episode, Black Gold Fan Podcast is available right now on iTunes, Spotify, or the free Odyssey app. Just search Black Gold Fan Podcast. Stub, I saw an interesting story that reminded me of you. All oh, right? really? So uh, the teacher, this teacher in a class, all right, gave the students a list of 32 phrases that are prohibited, banning popular teen slang. There were okay. a few comments. Good teacher, not an easy stand to take. This will benefit the kids' education, lives, and careers. Another person said this is the type of teacher that will be hated now and then appreciated by their students later in life. I think it's a funny non-sports topic here because I love making fun of the younger generation, and I usually point to you that is stuff. me. I am the younger generation. These are the words that this teacher has banned, and if you're caught using these words, you will have to write a short essay explaining why you chose to use these in an academic setting to express yourself. All right? Can we get a, a list of a dinger and a dong sound effect here? All right? If you use these terms, Stub, all right? Because we're looking at the Gen Zers, the, the younger members out there. The first term, all right? Remember, these words are prohibited to be used in a classroom, according to this teacher. Went viral on social media. Number one, bruh. That's a ding. That's a dang first up. But I, I think I use it ironically at this point. Okay. Like, I don't actually say bruh when yeah. I'm, like, offended okay. or anything. Also, this whole list is stupid, and I would hate the teacher. Really? I'm, like, I can already tell. I haven't read it, but immediately off of you having to write an essay for saying bruh, this well, isn't helping anyone. Well, well, I, I, <laughs> I think it's a good idea, though, because... Man, I mean, the whole thing of this slaps, that slaps. You can't understand the younger generation now. They're flip-flopping around in their Crocs, and they think they're on top of the world. And you know what they don't know how to do? They don't know how to write a check. Yes, we do. Because they don't do. get taught yes, cursive. We do. Yes, we Oh, my God. You don't need cursive to write a check. You might know how to write a check. A lot of people your age do not know how to. And I believe me, because I worked with one at my last <laughs> job, and he asked me for help on that. He didn't know how to write two ninety five. Okay, well I can write a check. I don't know All why. Right. I don't know who's All right, being. So just give this. me a thumbs up if we're dinging or we're donging. Number two, sob. It's not the sob that I use. It is standing on business. Standing on business. I don't use that one. I but I, I bet your friends do. Nah. <laughs> I just like so. That's a that's a dong. Okay. A dong. You might you yeah go. You might be too 
old for this list because you're not in high school. In fact, you're true. I am. now eight years removed from high school. Uh, five. Five. Okay. <laughs> um, I was get, I was going through based off freshman. Okay, um, but... Number three. Ooh, we ski ye. And that is popular from, I guess, that song, right? I don't that, even know. That, this there's is like new. a I female rapper <laughs> that goes like, ski ye, ski ye. I've heard, I've heard kids do okay, it. I'm I actually heard, you know, VCU students doing it at a game one time. Okay. And that leads to number four. It's not the ooh wee ski. It's just ski. Um, number five, you ate that up. I, you say that stuff? Oh, dude. Oh, like, like that ate? Really? Oh, yeah. Really? Oh, yeah. oh, this say eats. it in a sentence. Like this eats. What? This, like, I don't this, know. this segment eats? No, like my, my roommate will come out in an outfit and he's like, is this good? And I'll go, it eats. <laughs> An outfit. Yeah, it it ate that ate. So it's not like he's going to prepare a nice dinner no, and no, say, no, "Hey, no, no. It's like stuff, this, does this, this eat? This eats. This eats." So is that just replace that slaps? I guess. The, I mean, instead I, of slapping, I, it eats. It's weird. All right, number number six here. That's cap. I'll, of I'll course, cap. of course, cap. you use that stuff. <laughs> number seven. What up, gang? No, what? I've I've heard. I've actually heard. Millennials use that. What up, gang? That sounds more millennial yeah, than yeah. Zoomer. Uh, number eight, I, I use this one all the time on text messages. Bet. B-E-T. Oh, yeah. Bet. Just bet. Bet. Yeah. Are you coming over? Yeah, I'll, I'll be there in 15 minutes. Bet. See, look, why? I don't... This is stupid. Why is this a banned phrase? Well, because I, you, if you're trying to get an education, there's better words to use than bet. You know? What is... What is what is talking to my friend you need, here's in between the thing is, doing homework have to, to do with my education? We need to teach these kids to develop no, a vocabulary so they're not using these dumb terms all this day. Isn't a, it's not dumb term. It's slang. There's been slang forever. All right. Number <laughs> nine here. Oh, my God. Yeah, what? <laughs> uh, I, I, oh. I think you should be able to say that. But yeah. I understand that. But this next one does tilt me because I hear it all the time. On God. On God. You you like that? For, on I God. Don't, what are we saying here? What do you on mean God, on God? On God. All right, number eleven, not on God, but on my mama. <laughs> no, I, I've never I've never done that. I like that more than God. Oh yeah, on my mama, I'm gonna do my homework. <laughs> I've been I've been a, a little too many your mom's jokes recently. Really? I kind of slip into it. Okay. My my friend will just say, "What were you doing last night?" And I'll be, "Oh, your mom." With your mom, yeah, you know, yeah. it just, <laughs> it's just it just kind of comes out. I don't I think use about that all, it. It all just the time happens with my friends too. That my friends always ask me, like, "Who's that basketball player?" Your mom. Yeah, it, yeah. it's like I don't even think about it. Yeah, or if somebody asks me, "Who's this football player?" I immediately uh, answer, "LeBron." <laughs> I, it's just just to piss people off. Uh, number twelve on my dead mom, dad, aunt, cousin, family, friends, or associate. <laughs> You never say on my dead person. I don't really have any dead family. Okay. Number 13, so. I actually love this word. I'm so all in on this word. And I feel like I've got a lot of it. Okay. Not charisma, but Riz. No. Really? Riz is such a millennial thing now. Really? Uh, yeah. It's, it's even lame. older Older people are saying it, too. Like yeah, I heard EB on the junkies if, talking about Riz. If EB's saying it, it's, it's not a Gen <laughs> Z thing anymore. <laughs> I'm pretty confident in that. All right. How about this one? What's up, G? No. Okay. Number 15, in the cut with my twin. That's never heard that. I've, we used to say in the in cut, the cut in twin. school. Well, not in with my twin. That's a weird one. But we used to say in the cut. Like, where are you at? Oh, we're in the cut. Basically, we're just like in a random spot that we don't want to give you the location. Right. I, I think so far, on God is my most used okay. phrase. Oh, that's, that's good on that God. it's only one of these phrases because a lot of these are terrible. <laughs> Number 16, just vibe. No. Number 17, I'm going to have you pronounce it. G Y A T. Got. <laughs> I know you use that. The I don't, way, I don't the use The way it. you I don't said that it. so confident. I don't use it. I, I think it's a funny word. Yeah. <laughs> get, 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 get. 
That's pretty good. Well, um, that's, that's when referring to, to a rear end. Okay. Yeah. Oh, really? Yes. Oh, you I go, don't... she's got something back there. <laughs> that's, that's, that's how you would use that. Stub, you're making my day here. All right, instead of on God, this is on bro. No. I've never heard of that real. one before. That's fake. Um, number 19, on hood. Nope. I, okay, I I will say gyat should be they they you shouldn't have kids saying yeah that. Right? you can ban now like some Thank like you. if it's like sexual I'm like that's like yes like number I, twenty gang 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 no you, I don't I don't use that was, no, that was but I, a I lot of Gen Z a lot yeah. of younger kids say that gang gang <laughs> not anymore, they just not throw anymore. it out there randomly gang gang yeah man this Fortnite game is awesome gang gang um number twenty one. Uh, the N word yeah obviously you can't say yeah, that I mean, number twenty two mm-hmm. on me. No. no. Number twenty-three on the set. No. Twenty-four. I I used to work with the, with this girl that was like twenty-one, and she would say this, and it was so weird to me. Instead of what you mean, right? If you say something like some sometimes I mumble, sometimes oh, right, yeah. I'll yeah, be like, "Stop! I'm going to blah blah blah." And you're like, "What do you mean?" Instead of saying what you mean, she says, "Freak you mean?" No, nope, that's a new one. And that is a weird one. one. That's a weird one. Freak you mean? <laughs> Freak you mean? We don't have any more Dino Nuggets. Uh, number 25, period. Period. You say that. Oh, I've God, heard yeah. you say that. I mean, <laughs> it's just, I, I don't like that one. All right. Exclamation mark. Whatever. Uh, 26, <laughs> mindian? Munion? What Mindian? is that? Like, you mind your business? M-U-N-Y-U-N? Munion? Munion? No, I don't know. All right. 27, big dog. Big dog. That's actually one of my favorite terms. I think that's. I just, call Zach McHugh big dog yeah, all the time. Yeah, I think that's, that's just a, that's right? a term of endearment. You're a big dog. Yeah, big Michael dog. Phillips is my big dog. Uh, but I understand kids shouldn't be saying big dog. You should be saying, you know, my my big my classmate, my big homework helper. Well, there's other. <laughs> I'm not good with vocabulary either, probably because I was using slang all throughout high school. Um, number twenty-eight, motion and or big motion. I don't understand that. I, one. I think I I think this is vague. Lee in my hemisphere, but I don't think motion. Really. I know that I was calling motion when I was playing freshman basketball. We go up the court, motion, run the motion <laughs> offense, but not for big motion. Uh, right. Twenty nine, just vibe, just uh, uh, vibe, or is, vibe just is... vibe twin. No. I don't know what is uh, this vibe, twin thing. Vibe is kind of out. Gen Zs and the younger they love to say twin. I guess. I think if anything, like it's a vibe would oh, yeah. be bigger. Yeah, but good. Um, what's up, twin? What is this twin? I don't thing? know. I don't, <laughs> I don't know. Thirty-one N I E Nye. What is it? N-I-E. We're not watching Bill Nye, so let's just. I don't, I don't, I don't know. This that is one. another. And then thirty-two. It says it's. You, there's a blank at the end of this, and you can't say the phrase. It's. It's giving. It's giving. Oh, I say that all the time. I know you do. I said. <laughs> oh, I know it's you giving. do. It's, it's giving. giving share, it's giving B D E vibes or something <laughs> like that, right? I mean, this list is wild, Stub. I'm gonna hold you to it. All right. I'm not going to let you say any of these 32 words on air. All right, I'm what cutting you, you off. I, I control it. I do not. I, well, I do not have. I don't <laughs> have a punishment yet. Turn off my bike. But believe me, I could ask. I could ask, ask you to write a short essay explaining why you chose to use these words in a professional radio setting. On God? Yeah. <laughs> see, are you kidding me? I, I'm going to give you homework, Stub. You know I will. Um, man, so. All right, so what was your favorite of these? I actually, I think Riz probably my favorite. Gyat is so funny. Really? <laughs> I think it's the only one that I think shouldn't be. I don't well, understand. I mean, oh, that and the N-word, I think, I, I, are the two well, yeah, ones well, that are favorite. I don't understand that you ate that up. I mean, that's This just, eats. I, that I, ate. Like, what do you mean it eats? Like, it eats. Left uh, no crumbs. What? That's what you say. You ate, you left no crumbs. You ate the whole plate, really. So how would you use that in a sentence? I don't understand. 
it, it's the same way as like if someone walked out with a good outfit. Yeah. Oh my god, you left no crumbs. What? <laughs> if somebody said that to me, I would go change my outfit and probably no, no, wash it's, my it's face because like, no, I think great. I had breadcrumbs no, on my face or you, something. This eats. This eats. This eats. All right. <laughs> I guess this segment. Eight. The segment. This segment eight. The segment I, I eight. Will say, I will say it eight. Yeah. <laughs> if Stubb liked the segment, that means the younger generation probably supported it. All right. If you want to chime in, if you have any words that are crazy slang that you think should have been included on this list, prohibited uh, from a teacher in this classroom, give us a call eight three three eight zero four zero nine ten. On God eight three three eight zero four zero nine ten. On my mama. <laughs> Don't go anywhere. I'll be right back. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan. Now at 105.1 FM, phone lines are open, 833-804-0910, 833-804-0910. You can always tweet us throughout the show. Let us know your thoughts as you're listening at 910 The Fan or at AWOD Radio. It's AWOD here with Stubb running the ones and twos, and our traffic reporter, Brian has stopped by for Brian's picks. What's going on, Brian? How are you? Good Appreciate afternoon. Appreciate you stopping by. How are the roads looking? Um, well, no rain. Yeah. And it feels like spring, so that's good for the roads, right? Yeah. I mean, the weather's <laughs> supposed to be really good. I, I'm going to get out it. and try to either play pickleball or basketball later today. Okay. Well, today's a good day for it. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, but we, we did talk about this, you know, I guess last week. I, I'm, I've made the announcer on the Junkies 2024. Yeah, yeah. You're the girlfriend. For your boy Awad here, and uh, we teased last segment that uh, there, there's certain things I would do to support my significant other. I would never do this, as this one man was busted, boyfriend busted, for dressing in drag to take his girlfriend's ACTs. All right, I hate the I hate the SAT, SATs. I hate the ACTs. I would never cross dress. For my significant other, that is so wild. Is this not the craziest story ever? I would, I would be more opposed to taking an ACT again. Uh, yeah. So <laughs> like uh, the, the man's name is Angrez Singh. He has been arrested after allegedly masquerading as his girlfriend so he could take an exam in her place. Uh, the police uh, spokesperson said, "Quote: He tried to enter the examination hall by changing his appearance." <laughs> <laughs> and now there's a picture like a... of him, and he's wearing lipstick and a beanie and long hair. I mean, it's the weirdest thing ever. That looks like it's a mugshot. To deceive test officials, the undercover lover, oh, that's a good term that's right good, there. That's good, that's uh, good. Shaved his facial hair, applied makeup, got gussied up in women's clothes, and then entered the exam hall. Is uh, it a good disguise? Was it convincing? Uh, here, I'll let you look at his yeah, girlfriend. Me... This is his girlfriend. Okay. Ooh. All right, and this is him dressed up. Uh, that's a pretty good. It's a pretty I, good I job. Be, if, like in a glance, yeah, I, I would easily be convinced. At a glance, I wouldn't be sure. Really, what either I, one of them are. I I think it looks like a man. I I don't. Maybe it's just me. I think I think they both kind of look like a man. But now I'm now I'm getting ahead of myself here. But I mean, what's the craziest thing you've ever done for a girlfriend? I. I don't, I don't know. I, I guess I'd have to stew on it for yeah. longer. I was trying to think of it. But uh, you would never dress up and take a test for her, would you? I don't want to take a test. Yeah, exactly. I'm done with tests. Yeah. <laughs> that's so the real with thing. Tests. I don't know. I, 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 aside from like a long drive, mm-hmm. I, I can't think of it. I've, I've spent more of my life single than, than in a relationship. I know that much. <laughs> so the impersonator went as far to even forge his girlfriend's voter ID card at... 
copied the 12-digit unique identity card to make the illusion ironclad. Uh, the problem? He failed the exam. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. There was no makeup questions, apparently. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, bubble. There you go. Oh, man. All right, that's a funny story. All right, so we brought in Brian's picks here to go around the NFL and give out our predictions for this weekend's games. If you want to chime in, phone lines are open, 833-804-0910. Brian, you have not printed out your picks, wrote them down on a pen and paper. Are you doing it via electronics this time? I was doing it via Stubbs emails. Oh, um, okay. uh, What's that contest called again? Yeah, I kind of like Survivor. When you, I like when you do it old school though. When you do pen and paper, because then it makes okay. me feel like you really put some effort into it, some thought. You're not just picking off of colors. This will be two games. This so. will be two games. <laughs> but anytime Brian comes in from Brian's picks, we give out the picks and we sign up FanDuel promo code AWOD and we try to hit a parlay. This year, the closest you got was thirteen and one. Correct. That yes. is pretty yep. damn good. That was pretty good. Now the problem is, is we didn't win any money because to hit a parlay, you have to hit all 14 legs. I uh, know. That's know. the tough that's, part that's right a, there. It's very difficult. It's difficult to, you know, like last week, I went, you know, two and two. So yeah. it's difficult on a, on a week where there are, like, very few games yeah, to actually awesome. hit. Yeah. So before you give out your picks, though, let's go to the phone lines here. 833-804-0910. 833-804-0910. Looks like we got my drunk uncle, Charlie, on the line. What's going on, Charlie? Hey, Wad, how you doing? I'm doing good, man. You got any picks for this weekend? Yeah, believe it or not, I think the Ravens, I'm going to take them. I've got a good feeling about them. I know, of um, course, you're from Baltimore, you know, and you're fired up for the Ravens. And I, I will say, M&T Bank Stadium just seems like the place to be. It, it feels like it's going to be a party for the Ravens. M- Stub, did you hear MP was talking about they having T-Pain at halftime? Oh, that rocks. Yeah. I love T-Pain. Wow. And they're having somebody else pregame. Oh. I mean, sounds okay. like it's going to be an awesome place to be. Absolutely. Yeah, that sounds amazing. Um, yeah, M&T Bank gets it rocking. Baltimore always has probably the best fans there is. Um, I'm going to be sporting my camo pants uh, <laughs> as long with uh, a lot of other people. I'll tell you, don't know how Taylor Swift is going to fare in Baltimore. If she is going to be there, I think she might pass on that. Maybe, <laughs> maybe she can sing a few bars with T-Pain. Yeah, right. Oh, yeah. Now, I do need oh, to call you nice. out. All right, This is my drunk Uncle Charlie. Get him off the sauce. He's always drinking too early. You were drunk this offseason because you called into this show and you said, quote, I'm done with Lamar Jackson. You wanted him out of Baltimore. Wow. Well, I, and that's just because of my love for Joe Flacco. I just I couldn't <laughs> believe we ever got rid of Joe Flacco. Wow. <laughs> it was hard for me to let go. Yeah, yeah. But now so, you you got to be back in on Lamar now, right? I mean, come on. I love Lamar. Yeah. I love Lamar. I, I, I can't deny it. I love him. Yeah. Hey, all right, so, Charlie, drag. before we let you go, what's it going to take to get the win here? You know Patrick Mahomes is clutch. I think Baltimore lead, needs to get off to a hot start. They're going to need a double-digit lead at one point here because Mahomes can score in 13 seconds or less. Yeah, you know, usually the Ravens get off to a hot start and have a kind of a slow second half. But, you know, in that Texans game, it was the opposite. Kind of had a slow first half and then a really good second half. Uh, definitely got to put them away. If we linger around at all, they, you know, geez, they can they can bite you quick. They yeah. can come back. Uh, it's probably going to be that uh, case. 
So I, you know what's going to happen either. But I think we got it. We got it. John Harbaugh's experienced. He knows what to do. There we go. Together. All, right. all right. I like it. My producer, Stubb, is all in on the Ravens, oh, so yeah. he'll be rooting for you guys. Good to talk to you, Drunk Uncle Charlie. Let's go to line two. Is this Eddie in New York? Who, who's on line two here? Deep Eddie guy. Deep from Eddie guy. What's up, dude? Hey, hey, Juan. How goes it, buddy? Good, man. What'd you call in about today? So I'm calling in about uh, your segment uh, late yesterday, or I'm sorry, in the late first hour yesterday about the study on weighing best time of the day to weigh yourself. Okay, yeah. So wholeheartedly agree with uh, what you guys said, but I take it, I personally take it two steps further. Ooh, okay. So I'm taking the EB uh, medical advice and doing the sauna for 15 (laughs) minutes a day in the morning. Okay. And also exercising for about half an hour in a cardiovascular machine. So Doing those two things, waking up in the after you wake up in the morning and everything, totally body is totally clean, dehydrated, et cetera, et cetera. That's the best. That's the best time and method to weigh yourself. It's kind of, of course, it's kind of a semi-false reading. Yeah, but that's when you're gonna be the lowest. I, I love that, and I and I love saunas. I I have a I have a frustration with the crunch here in Richmond, and they're they're not sponsoring me, so I can say this. The damn sauna at the Brook Road Crunch location has been broken for three months. I'm paying an extra $10 a month so that I can go to multiple locations. They won't fix the sauna. It's like the the milkshake machine. Oh, that's rough. McDonald's. It's so rough. So what do I do? Are there there any other advice? Can you, you know, just take a hot shower to get the sauna (laughs) effects, or or am I screwed here? (laughs) Well, um, in terms of, like, kind of some other recommendations, uh, I drink kombucha on an almost daily basis. Okay. Um, You probably know what that is and what that helps out with. Uh, Also, another EV recommendation, matcha green tea powder. I think it kind of does the same things as kombucha, and uh, um, those are the two other main recommendations I'd have. If I'm going to um, take your recommendations, I'm going to need your height and weight here. Tell me you're six four and jacked. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, and working on it. Okay. All right. <laughs> All right. So we'll follow up with you next week on an update. How about that? <laughs> okay. All right. Fair enough. Oh, and and also another good recommendation, sort of from maybe social media. I'm, I know you love your social media, Awad. Yeah. 1233 on the treadmill, too. 1233. Noon or midnight? Do you know what that means at all? Uh, No, I don't. Okay. (laughs) 12, uh, 12% incline. Okay. 30 minutes, three miles per hour. Oh, I've, I've heard about that. Of, yeah. One of my buddies does that. I, I think it's kind of lame because you're walking, but, but I, I understand. I get it. It's it. I'm I'm doing a month long experiment now. Gonna try. I was doing it one day a week. Gonna try and do it two to three times a week. We'll see. We'll and we'll see what happens. Yeah. I mean, you gotta you gotta start your resolutions now because you're not gonna be thinking about them <laughs> in February. Good call, man. I appreciate you chiming in, uh, Brian. Thanks for stopping by. We need to get your picks though. Let's do uh, an abbreviated version. Who do you like, Ravens against the Chiefs? Uh, I like the Chiefs on the road. I Oof. think they're on a mission. To prove everybody wrong, because they say they can't win on the road, I think they're going to win on the drunk, road. Drunk Uncle Charlie was not convincing, huh? He wasn't. And I like Lamar Jackson. love Lamar Jackson. Yeah. love him. My, one of my favorite players, but I'm, I'm picking Kansas City. All I'm right. feeling like they're going to, would this be a two out of three if they win the Super Bowl this year or something like that? I mean, they've been crazy. to the last six AFC championship yeah, games. Yeah, it's crazy. Lions, 
traveling to San Francisco to face off against the Niners. I'll say right now, if the Lions were at home, I'd pick them to win this game. The problem is they're on the road. Uh, you know, I agree with you. I think San Francisco is going to find a way to win uh, in Santa Clara, by the way. Don't let be be fooled. It's in Santa Clara, <laughs> not in San Francisco. Nobody likes to go there anymore. Santa Clara. <laughs> Down um, the coast a little bit, I think. So, so. Brian's <laughs> picks, you are in. We're going to parlay it. Chiefs, 49ers, face off against each other in the Super Bowl. I can't wait. How about that? That's Brian from Brian's Picks. He is our traffic reporter, traffic director here at The Fan. I'm AWOD. We got Stubb behind the glass. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan. Now at 105-1 FM, Richmond's home for VCU Basketball Ram Nation. You know every game can be heard right here on 910 The Fan. Now at 105-1 FM, pregame show this Saturday, 7-15, on location at Rams House, as the Rams will be at Davidson. I know somebody who will be at that game. He joins us right now from the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hot Seat, the Richmond Times-Dispatch VCU Athletics Beat reporter, it's Zach Joaquin. What's going on, Zach? Hey, Wad, what's up, man? Thank you for having me on. Absolutely. Glad to get you back in the studio. And you were just giving us some credit there during the break about the new episode of the Black Gold Fan Podcast. Good stuff. The throwback story from Connor about ODU against VCU. I grew up with that rivalry, man, but I was on the opposite side of, uh, of Interstate 64. My first VCU games were wearing silver and navy face paint, and we were joking about I have chanted both 64 East and 64 <laughs> West. <laughs> I think that's so funny, and, and it's just like me because I grew up you know, in George, Matri- uh, George Mason Patriots colors for my first few VCU games. When did that change for you? Because as soon as I stepped on campus at VCU, I was no longer a Mason fan. Same here. When I was in high school, I was still very much supporting ODU. My mom teaches at ODU, oh, wow. so family connection there. And I grew up in Norfolk, went to Maury High School down there. But by the time I came to VCU, uh, I obviously changed colors. Yeah, absolutely. And a good win the other night at the Stu or over Loyola, Chicago. I mean, would you say that shot by Joe Bamisil before halftime was the play of the season? It was about the loudest the Seagull Center's been all year. St. Louis was really good on Friday night, too, but the energy was great in the Stu on a Tuesday night. Man, since the students came back and the belief has started to mount a little bit on this current winning streak, you can feel the energy building uh, in the Seagull Center, and it was awesome on Tuesday night. Man, when Joe hit that three right before halftime, that was a huge momentum swing. I love how much he interacts with the crowd, too. Right, He's just a spark plug. Him and Toby both have kind of become fan favorites. And then when Kawani has the four-point play, late there that kind of proved to be the dagger it got really loud as well although things got nervy there in the last couple of minutes my cardiovascular health did not need uh the, the nervy moments there down the uh down the stretch ryan said that they wish they'd finish that game better but man great win for them and now they're nipping at the heels of, of richmond and dayton atop the a10 yep pretty good win streak for the rams and the last two without captain Point guard and leader Zeb Jackson. Do you have any update on his injury? They're hoping he can play Saturday. Uh, I think it's going to be a game-time decision. Back spasms, as as anyone who's had back issues knows, can be finicky. He's dealt with them in practice before. Against LaSalle was the first time that he dealt with them in a game. But, man, how great has it been to see the depth step up with one of your best players out? Jason Nelson has put in some fantastic minutes uh, spelling Zeb. Uh, uh, yeah, and also Sean Barstow can be really your Magic Johnson, your your point forward uh, for the Rams. Seven assists per game in his last three games. You know, at times this season, VCU's issue, VCU's issue has been a little bit soft inside. 
But Christian Furman and Toby Lowell have played a lot better in the last four games. Furman's coming off of an 8.9 rebound game. Both those guys will need to be big against Davidson. Toby dealt with some foul trouble the other night. NBCU has struggled, I think, of venting for Bonaventure. Um, and then number 32 for Loyola, Adela Kuhn, yeah. I think, had a, a little personal run there where it seemed like he had buckets on a few consecutive possessions. And so they're struggling with true back-to-the-basket bigs that yeah. can hurt them in the post a little bit. But, man, Furman, Toby's rim-protecting presence has been huge for this team all year and the guards on the perimeter have talked about that there was a sequence against st louis that sean bear still pointed to toward the end of the first half where he was closing out to a shooter and they feel like they can be a little more aggressive closing out on the perimeter because you've got two rim protectors behind you to funnel things in toward the basket no you're right about us struggling against like post presences like that though i mean chad venning uh got us uh, iowa state had a post guy that was able to back him down and then you know they killed us on the glass there were you able to check out the davidson game last night uh, I know that they beat St. Louis handily, almost by the same scoreline that VCU did the other night. They put up 56 in the second half. Yeah. So this is a team that can certainly score it. Like you guys were talking about on the podcast, it's not Davidson of old in terms of guys all over the court that that can shoot it and then, and the Gibbs who are raising up from, from really deep range. But Grant Huffman, he had 23 in that win over St. Louis, 10 of 18 from the field, five assists, four rebounds. He's the big danger guy, I think, on the perimeter. Would love to have Zeb back. If he is healthy for that game to be able to guard him, maybe Jason Nelson spend some time on him. And then Skogman is a really interesting big that you mentioned too. He's 6'10". He was 3 of 5 from 3 yeah. last night. So I think that'll be a, a, a difficult matchup for Toby and Firm down low, having to play a little bit more on their perimeter. So we'll see how Ryan wants to match up against that. Um, and then Bailey Reed had 12 points as the other guy in double figures for them last night. Like you said, it's going to be about defensive communication, right? Because this is still a Davidson team that runs a lot of the same sets that you've seen from them over the years. A lot of off-ball movement. It's a pretty offense. And so VCU's communication on defense is going to be key. I think that they're playing them at the right time because that's something that they've really improved on since the George Mason game. There's been so much talk about the team meeting after the George Washington loss, yeah. and this team has reached another level defensively since then. They obviously figured some things out on that end of the floor. I, I totally agree. I mean, this game is going to be won or lost on the defensive end. You have to limit the breakdowns because that's what Davidson is going to try to do. They're going to try to force you to break down, and then they get layups with these backdoor cuts. I mean, their offense, when it is run right— is really fun to watch, uh, and it's maddening when your team's trying to defend it and you either get in foul trouble or you're just chasing guys around the court. And if you're playing from behind against Davidson, it is a nightmare because they waste that full shot clock. And like you guys talked about, kind of a strange place to play, right? It seems like the ball can take some weird bounces going down there. And so even though they've struggled a little bit in conference play, this is definitely a difficult road test for VCU. And then the revenge game coming up, I don't want to jump too far ahead, but at Bonaventure too. A Bonaventure team that's really struggled. Oddly, since VCU played them, it seemed like they, they played wonderful and shot the lights out against VCU, and now they can't beat anybody. But if you can pass those two road tests coming up here, then you set yourself up really well for some incredibly exciting games against Richmond or Dayton coming up in early February. Richmond game's already sold out, which is yeah. awesome. Like you guys said, the energy is building in the Seagull Center, and for that game to already be sold out a couple weeks ahead of it is awesome. We're less than two months away from Brooklyn and March Madness. We'll preview... The next two games for VCU and go around the A-10. It's Zach Joaquin hanging out here at 910 The Fan. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio. Don't go anywhere. I'll be right back. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio. Here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. Last night in A-10 conference play, Fordham took down Rhode Island. 71-68. Davidson 
clowns St. Louis 84-61 behind Grant Huffman's 23 points. And Richmond comes from behind to defeat GW 82-74. Jordan King, 32 points. Let's go around the A-10. Joining us right now from the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hot Seat, VCU Athletics beat reporter for the Richmond Times-Dispatch, Zach Joachim. Spiders, man. They're they're tough. How about tough King? to stop them this year. He's got range, man. Yeah. He made a couple of threes for a step or two in front of the Spider logo there at midcourt. you got to close out to him. That's going to be a tough matchup for VCU. I, I thought GW was going to win that game, and they played really well. The problem was no defense, mm-hmm. and, and that's been their issue at times this season. GW can score at the best of all of the teams in the A-10. They can't really defend. The Spiders can't. The Spiders seem to be a team this year that can score, they can defend, they can get transition buckets, they run a really smooth offense, don't have many turnovers. They're going to be a tough out. They're playing good basketball, man, and that's good for the city, too, right, with with VCU getting it going here and Richmond playing as well as they are. That game's going to be incredibly exciting in a couple of weeks here. Man, Chris Mooney, right? Great coaching job. you got to give them a tip of the cap, especially with the the pieces that they had moving in the offseason. Obviously not nearly as much as VCU, but bringing in a piece like King and for him to be as successful as he's been, it's good for basketball in the city of Richmond. Absolutely. So we got a full slate of games on Saturday. Let's preview VCU at Davidson. What you got for us, Zach? Well, we're really hoping Zeb Jackson can be back because he would be a tough matchup for Grant Huffman, uh, who's really the danger man for Davidson. Like we were talking about earlier, Huffman had 23 points, 10 of 18 from the field. And then Skogman, really interesting big that they have, was 3 of 5 from 3 in that win over St. Louis. He had 14 points. Him pulling firm and or Toby out to the perimeter will be really interesting. Yeah, because that's what their offense does is it's a lot of the big man has it. He'll either do like... One dribble handoff, one dribble fake it, throw it back door, right? Or if you lay off him, he can he can shoot it from the outside too. It is tough going against. It's like a simple, similar to Richmond that Princeton style offense where the big man's on the outside, and when you have a big man that can pass, it's really difficult uh, to defend. So I do think VCU's got to limit the breakdowns, and then offensively, you've noticed it. We seem to go on these scoring droughts. Can't have that happen on the road. No, and maybe Kawani could be an interesting matchup for Skogman. I don't know if they'll end up guarding each other, but Kawani stretches the floor yeah. in a similar way. How good has he been from outside on the catch and shoot, man? It feels like it's going in every time. It, Shooting 70, almost 80% from three in A-10 play, that's absurd. Sean Bairstow's return yeah. has really helped unlock him. A lot of Bairstow's assists down the stretch to help win those games were to Kawani on the outside. I also think it's it's bigger than like just Kawani. It's like something that VCU does. Like, Look at David Shriver last year, right? He couldn't make a shot not a conference. Then A-10 play. Like, once you get used to the Seagull Center, you get used to the crowd, you get used to the speed of the A-10 and, and Division One basketball, that was the difference for Shriver. For Kwani, it's just kind of been getting used to the attempts that you're going to get in certain spots. Like, he seems to be really good from that side wing. He can hit it from the corner. I don't think he's as good from the top of the key, right? So it's all about where you catch and, and shoot the ball. And Kwani's story is just so interesting. So I was told um, by the coaching staff here, born in Kenya to South Sudanese parents in a refugee camp, immigrated to Australia at age nine, where he was raised and learned how to play basketball. He was then recruited to come to America, go to Florida at, I believe, 15, and then played his final two years of high school at another prep school in Napa Valley, California, where he was then uh, recruited by Cal Berkeley, 
Went there, graduated from Cal. I mean, he's a genius. That's a wild journey. And he's yeah. an easy guy to root for, yeah. isn't he? You can see that. VCU has a few guys like that. Joe Bamisil is another one, right, where it's easy to gravitate toward them from a fan's perspective and from a teammate's perspective. Kwani's always smiling all the time. You can tell his teammates really want him to succeed. And you saw him turn a corner. I think it was Alcorn State, right, where he had his first big game of the year. And once the confidence started flowing for him, then the shots have really started falling. And I think... Part of it, too, that's helped him out to your point about him finding his spots on the floor, chemistry with this group, right? It's, it it, it kind of goes without saying that you've had to work through so many new pieces together, and that's been a learning experience for Ryan. It's been a learning experience for all of the players. And so it took some time for you to figure out where Kawani's spots on the floor are, right? What Where he wants to receive the ball and, and the flow of the offense. And he's been one of the guys that once his teammates around him started to understand his tendencies better, then you've really seen him take off. And again, I think Sean Barristow's return was huge for him having that point forward on the floor that can establish position in the paint collapse the defense a little bit it's really open up space for Kwani to succeed on the perimeter you mentioned Sean Barristow's return I think you're right because there's something to you don't know what you've got until you lose it he went to the bench that game and I think something clicked where he knew he needed to be more aggressive to earn that starting spot back and he did and we've seen him more get to the basket start hitting some of these turnaround jumpers in the paint you know, he's so big, you got to use him in the paint. So I think that's why uh, we're seeing him be much better. I like the story that you did on Max Shulga and his dad being a ref. He's, man, talking about his upbringing in Ukraine, obviously emotionally heavy content. His family's living in a war zone right now. And, and Max is definitely homesick and, and talked about, you know, looking up videos on YouTube of driving through Kiev just so he can kind of feel like he's home again. Mm-hmm. Um, his constant communication with his family. Thankfully, they haven't had any close calls in terms of being close to combat. Um, but that's obviously wearing on you to try and focus on college basketball when your family's in that kind of situation. Um, but his dad was a ref and his grandfather um, worked in the Ukrainian Basketball Federation. And so he's grown up around the court And it was really interesting to me, something that we've talked about a few times this year. Max is so good at drawing contact. And this has been a team. He leads the team in fouls drawn by a a big number. They've excelled getting to the line collectively, and they're shooting it at a good clip, which it seems to me in in recent years that wasn't the case with VCU. And so that's been refreshing to see. And he was telling me he would go over... Um, game film sometime with his dad when they were, when he was going over you know the calls and a, a referee's viewpoint on looking back on a game and Max really plays like a guy who can see the game through a ref's perspective. Yeah, you I see agree. him communicating with them a lot, and I think there's a lot of respect there. Like he has a great deal of respect for the profession. And I he's think not going to ever like scream that. at a ref like no. that. Like there was a play we were sitting next to each other the last game where he didn't like the call. He kind of looked at the official and smiled yep. and was like, "What was that?" Um, and he does such a great job of keeping players on his hip, mm-hmm. you know, and then that allows him to play at his own pace because he's really not the fastest guy or the strongest guy, but he's like, uh, he's got a great basketball IQ. Great body control, great pacing, great understanding of the cadence of an offense. Yeah. Um, he's not like Zeb Jackson, who's going to be one of the fastest guys on the floor at all times and can beat you off the dribble, but he's going to use savvy ball handling and body positioning to get to the basket and draw contact. And I say this in the most complimentary way possible too there's some james harden there right like yeah. the, no, i'm not saying max flops but like mm-hmm. he's great at, at reading contact and reacting to show the official that there was contact there we saw that a lot in the loyola game right and he, i think even more in the st louis game mm-hmm. like that first five minutes him and jason nelson were drawing a lot of fouls because st louis was trying to push our offense back outside of the paint outside of the three-point line and they were doing a really good job attacking the basket um We've talked a lot about Barstow, but I think we need to focus in on him. Ed Nixon's been going crazy, calling him White Magic, <laughs> and and he looks like Magic Johnson, like that that's fast break dunk uh, against St. Louis, right? Like 
man, he, he's not that athletic, but he can just get to where he wants to on the court. And he's another guy, brilliant basketball IQ. Dump-offs to Firm, lobs to Toby, and then the catch-and-shoot with Kwani yeah. have been right at where and, and a lot of And the catch-and-shoot with Joe Bam also, too. Joe Bam as well. It seems like everyone has a great understanding of where Sean wants to get to in terms of his spots on the floor and how it opens up space for them. And I thought Fran Dunphy, uh, the LaSalle coach after that game a couple weeks ago, said it really well. He's so tall that he can see over everyone, and so he's got great court vision. Yeah. And then just his control in key moments down the stretch. He doesn't get flustered, right? And, and that's been... He played 38-29... The other night, he barely came off the floor, right? And so I think you can see, based on how much Ryan is playing and how important Sean is to this offense and how everything else flows around him, and opposing coaches are seeing in crunch time late in the game, that's who VCU wants the ball in the hands of. What I'm impressed with Barristow is his ball control. So he'll do this move where he's backing a man down, then you reach around the outside, and he can kind of like shift the ball to his other hand mm-hmm. while continuing to back you down. Or spin off of it. Right, or spin cup. off of it, and... Uh, you know, David Lee, New York Knicks, knew how to do that, right? You know, there's a lot of uh, good power forwards that had a lot of success in the NBA that are just really good at keeping their dribble alive in the paint because you have to just keep backing people down until you get to your spot. As soon as you pick it up, you've got no no point of attack anymore except for shooting that fadeaway. And he's a matchup nightmare, right? I feel like opposing coaches and, and teams aren't really sure who to put on him because if you put a quicker guard on him that can stay with him on the, on the perimeter, then he's immediately taking him to the post. Yeah. And you can't put a true big on him, right, because he's going to operate on the perimeter a lot and give them trouble out there. And so it, it seems like scouting reports going into games, that's probably one of the first thing opposing coaches are saying is who do we put on Barristow? How do we slow him down? How do we keep him from being the key to, to the ignition of the offense or yep. this offense? And then Joe Bamisil said <laughs> something uh, to Robbie to the point of, uh, when it leaves my hands, it's in God's control. I'm not affected by makes or misses. And it's just the cool, like, that's so hard. Scorer's like, mentality. So cool. Yeah. Yes. And, and we asked Ryan uh, the other night after the game, like, at what point did you realize Joe was hot and that they needed to feed him? And Ryan was like, as soon as he stepped on the floor. Yeah. Because he's that kind of scorer. And I think that he's given everyone around him confidence. What was it? First VCU player with back-to-back 25-point games since Jaquan Lewis in 2017. Right? And so for him to have that... You know, he takes some bad shots, but you live with him, right? Because you want a scorer like that, just putting the ball up when it feels right to him in the flow of the offense. Um, and his ball handling, too, has been outstanding. Had a few behind-the-back dribbles yeah. to lose a defender. Uh, the sequence at the end of that first half that, that has been talked about a ton from that game when he caught the ball sprinting down the left sideline from Kawani when Loyola tried that big lob pass to the corner. One behind-the-back dribble, and he was freed up. And then there was another sequence, I think, late in the second half when defender came out went under a screen and Joe won behind the back dribble and lost him. And so his ball handling has been great too, to be able to free himself up. You guys talked about his shooting form on the podcast as well. It looks a little wonky, but you're starting to feel like every time it comes out of his hands that it's going to go in. I love the Ray Allen comparison where he releases really high at the point of his jump and he really gets high up off the floor. And man, I love his interacting with the crowd too. You can tell that he loves the environment in the Seagull Center. He loves playing in his home city and he's really enjoying the season. He plays 20 20 minutes. You can almost guarantee he's going to score double digits I feel like in the last two games, what's unlocked his game is, you know, you can live with the bad shots, the, you know, the threes, the contested threes, but he's also attacking the basket. And he had a few dunks and layups as well. The so, two-handed tomahawk jam yeah. was a lot of fun. You called it, by the way, too. You said he was going to start popping off a couple of games. Again, Joe so Bam, well done there. going ham for the Rams. <laughs> That's Zach Joaquin. Thanks so much for stopping by, man. What'd you want to promote today? Um, doing a, so RVA Sports Awards are coming up here in early February. Um, I know a lot of people in the local sports community will remember the name Samar Lemons was a Henrico high football player um, okay. who fractured a vertebrae in his back a couple of years ago, um, went to Atlanta. 
for a few months, a lot of people have recovered Samar's, uh, have watched Samar's road to walking and his journey to trying to regain mobility, went to a spinal cord rehabilitation center in Atlanta for a few months, doing a feature on him right now. He's going to receive a Courage Award at the RBA Sports Awards coming up here. So awesome kid. Um, he's got a podcast called The Lemon Drop where he's talking about his journey, um, trying to inspire other people. And it's been awesome to to follow his work and to write about him. So that'll be coming out soon. Great stuff as always. That's Zach Joaquin. I'm Adam Epstein. Don't go anywhere. I'll be right back.